You're listening to the International Continent Society podcast. ICS is the leading international multidisciplinary organization for medical professionals working in the field of incontinence. ICS provides the latest scientific and clinical updates to professionals in the field. Eurodynamics Under the Lens, exploring the role, benefits and optimal usage of Eurodynamics from the personal perspectives of a range of experts in the field. Episode 4. Invasiveness. How invasive is Eurodynamics, especially when compared to minimally invasive surgery? Tufantajan, urologist. Ralph, this is really an interesting and funny terminology paradox, I would say, that negatively affects our perception on Eurodynamic studies. The word invasive, when it comes before Eurodynamic studies, simply indicates catheterization by a small caliber catheter. Many studies have proven the safety of Eurodynamic procedures, where the morbidity is almost close to zero. The so-called minimally invasive stress urinary incontinence surgery is, of course, more invasive and more morbid than Eurodynamics. I think we need to stop using the terminology of invasive Eurodynamic studies. And instead, we should talk about the ICS standard Eurodynamic testing of systometry and pressure flow study. Marcus Drake, urologist. Now, the word invasive, when applied to Eurodynamics, We need to bear in mind a perspective that, to be frank, passing a catheter is only a very short duration of invasive evaluation. The test itself only lasts a matter of about 10 minutes, and then it is fully resolved with the removal of the catheter. So, yes, technically it is invasive, but just for a short temporary duration. In contrast, of course, surgery is invasive and remains invasive for the rest of that person's life. Desiree Fryens, urologist. But invasive and minimally invasive is all relative, isn't it? I mean, if you look at urodynamics, they call flowmetry, so only voiding, minimally invasive. And urodynamic, like systometry, is invasive because it, it involves the placement of a catheter. And how can surgery be minimally invasive? It's compared to bigger surgeries. Enrico Financiagro, urologist. So um, the invasiveness to put a very small catheter in the bladder of a patient is much less than to operate even with the less uh, invasive option uh, our patients have. Ulrich Maynard, neurourologist. Indeed, minimally invasive sounds great. However, this is usually a one-way road and specifically when thinking of explanting devices um, that have been uh, used to treat stress urinary incontinence and uh, you have to explain them due to the wrong diagnosis and lack of adequate diagnostics, then this is no longer minimally invasive and may even cause chronic pain problems. Your dynamic in contrary, are indeed minimally invasive. Melissa Kaufman, urologist. So all the mini stress incontinence procedures are termed minimally invasive because they're outpatient procedures, limited incisions. The impact of treatment in the absence of a clear diagnosis is anything but benign. So one of our pivotal clinical trials on mid-urethral slings determined that although patients experience good objective outcomes, 
the subjective outcomes were not as robust due to the process of surgery, recovery, and complications. So fading a patient to poor outcomes and further invasive interventions by incorrect diagnoses is truly egregious. Eskinder Solomon, clinical scientist. Despite on paper urinamics being described as invasive and uh, or having the reputation of being uncomfortable, my personal experience has been actually quite different. In fact, a recent uh, uh, patient satisfaction audit by the British Association of urological surgeons in the UK found 99% of patients would be willing to have the test again. And I think key to ensuring that is making sure uh, we pay special consideration to the patient privacy, dignity, and most importantly, we make sure they're fully bought into the reason why they're having the test. Once the patients understand uh, the relevance of the data coming from uh, uh, the these tests for their subsequent treatment, uh, they are usually very um, happy, I would say, to, to do uh, the test and they um, usually don't consider these tests so invasive. And when you undertake qualitative interviews with these people after their urodynamic test, uniformly they describe that discomfort as perfectly tolerable. Yes, this is a personal view and every patient has probably his own perception of medical investigations, particularly if they involve the insertion of catheters or tubes. Although this happens via natural orifice, it is still, or it happens via or natural orifices in urodynamics, it is still a somewhat invasive act, no doubt. However, this applies to many other routine medical diagnostics, such as transrectal or transvaginal ultrasound, cystoscopy, laryngoscopy, rectoscopy, colonoscopy, sigmoidoscopy, etc. The latter, the latter one, the sigmoidoscopy, is even recommended by the American Cancer Society to be performed every five years from the age of 45, independent of symptoms. And in this view, and considering the whole medical field and its diagnostic procedures, the whole discussion of performing and not performing your dynamics because they may be uncomfortable for the patient appears rather ridiculous. In my center, there is a large um, pediatric center, and we do a lot of urodynamics in, spina, in children with spina bifida. And also in children who don't catheterize, it's hardly ever a problem. Sometimes you need to have some precautions, but a specialized nurse uh, hardly ever sees problems with it and is very well tolerated. Well, actually, multiple studies have revealed that urodynamics is exceptionally well tolerated by patients. It requires no anesthesia and is associated with very minimal transient risks. Pre-procedural counseling is, of course, fundamental to allow patients to understand the procedure and how it's going to help find meaningful solutions for their issues. Providing them with written materials, which are widely available at the time of scheduling for the urodynamics, is exceptionally important. All patients may fear of urodynamic studies when they first hear about them, but their anxiety disappears with good communication. 
it is the job of the attending physician and or the attending nurse to explain the gut diagnostic procedure appropriately to the patient and make the whole process as comfortable, less painful or embarrassing as possible, which is absolutely uh, perfectly possible in, in the case of urodynamics because it is an interactive investigation. So you have to talk to the patient. Production of this podcast has been funded by Labrie. The views and opinions expressed are those of the featured experts and not necessarily those of ICS or Labrie. Disclosures are available in each expert's profile at ics.org. International Continent Society podcast. Find out more about the leading organisation in multidisciplinary continents research and education at ics.org.